The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces Way of Life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events, and a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a Solid 7 Podcast, a better than average podcast, if I do say so myself, and I, I do. I am, of course, your host, Kale. Back with me this week, my just my least favorite recurring guest, uh, illusionist, magician, pastor, singer, father, Stoic. Jason Alvarado. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to be back. I always, I like, I always introduce the guests a little bit like it's a reveal. Like people haven't seen like the episode artwork or seen the name or right. the show description. It's true. It's just, is that just showbiz? Is that I just one is. of those things? Um, and, but you are actively reaching the blind community, so they might not know until they hear what is happening on this. Yeah, we've, uh, we've got a large blind demographic here at sure. the, uh, the Solid 7 Amen. podcast. Welcome back, buddy. It's good to be back. It's always fun, too. We often, uh, you know, the recording scenarios are always different, right? That's just the the world we live in. Sometimes they're in person, sometimes they're remote. Uh most of the time with you, maybe every episode with you, we've actually recorded face in, to face in your office. And here, yeah, and yeah, I appreciate in, that in your workspace. All part of the service I provide. You do serve here, the Solid Seven podcast. You do serve. But it's just I've been in scenarios like that a few different times recording where I'm actually in somebody else's space. Mm. So it it's always a little a little odd to be like, "Welcome to your house." Yeah, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to your house. But uh, but here we are. Now we are even even on the road, even outside of the the vaunted Solid Seven Studios. I don't know what that means? Um, I don't either. And so you just sprinkle those in, and I most will. people won't know. And then you'll just if the, if you don't know, they probably don't know. And then they That's just think true. you're They're smart. Not Google like it. They think you know. Yeah. But even outside the studio, we are of course always fueled by Jocko Ghost. Amen. And today is no different. Amen. Hold on. Um, I I brought. Um, we're givers. Here at the Solid 7 Podcast, mm -hmm. and uh, I provide the Jocko Go when we record. Now, I brought uh, both an Afterburner Orange and a whoop of salt watermelon, and you chose, it was Lady's Choice, and you chose watermelon. I chose and watermelon. So, and uh, there's, really, here. there's really no 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 downside there. Mm -hmm. It's a win either way. So I'm oh, going yeah. hat tip to uh, Good Deal Dave Burke as I crack open my uh, orange Afterburner here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I did forget to refrigerate these. I brought them warm. I'm taking mine on ice today. On the rocks, as they say. That's what they say. A little bit of, little bit of fizz there. A little bit of ASMR, mm. which uh, our illustrious audio engineer, uh, Arthur Pippock, I never can understand will that. just like, gate out anyways. I never understand that. Like I just want to hear people do things that I could just hear people do by listening. Yeah. yeah. It's like, but I want to hear opening up a bag or crunching on styrofoam. I will say though, um, that I mean, there are some sounds that the sound 
is just, I don't know, like certainly some things are comforting. Some True. things are relaxing. My voice. Some things are, uh, this word feels a little bit loaded, but pleasurable. Like I'll say this, I have always loved the sound of walking on like gravel, something with some crunch to it. Mm-hmm. Like my wife will tell you, like if we're somewhere and it's like, I could be maybe like walking on pavement or on asphalt or something, but there's like gravel just off to the side, 100% I'm going to step to the side and walk on that. Or sometimes it's like crushed sh- seashells. I don't oh, know if okay. that's if you find that any yeah. place other than Florida. Not sand. Sand doesn't get it done. Yeah, it's got to be something that's going to give you that nice like or the crunch of walking on snow. Snow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's yeah, yeah. something interesting. I think um, is white noise considered that? Because I now I can't sleep without white noise playing in my house. Kids do that to you, they right? Do. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is it so quiet? Uh, I'll tell you. And if they're listening, and I, I doubt they will be, uh, they'll know who I'm talking about. I, there are some friends that before we had kids. Um, came to visit uh, at our house with kids, right? And they like had to have had to completely black out the room, and had to have the the white noise machine. And I, of course, as one does pre-child, very arrogantly, very pompously judged like that's so ridiculous. Like, why yeah. would you create a scenario where you're dependent on those things? Like, raise your kid. To be resilient, make it so that they can sure. calm down and sleep in any situation. Mm-hmm. What a moron I was. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. You just start noticing every annoying little sound in your house or the cars that drive by. And you're like, you're going to wake up my kid and I'm going to step into the street and have a fight with a stranger. Because by the time you get into that scenario, yes, you're like, finally, thank you, Lord. Or like. My wife and I don't do this that much. I think never, actually, and I could say this, but like um, when, I, when I see families out to dinner and all the kids are on iPads for the entire dinner, I get like maybe you're settling in or you're trying to order or whatever, but I don't know, maybe I'm going to get some hate mail on that. But like if it, and, and again, I don't judge those people. I go, well, maybe this is like the only time that mom and dad actually get to sit down and not have to cook. And it's just let the kid be distracted. Cause I mean, when we get home, I, you know, we pop on the TV, let the boys watch some shows while we're cooking and stuff like that. But at the dinner table, I don't let them have a device on them or whatever. But anyways, I don't know why I brought that up. We don't. Parenthood is weird. Like you'll judge certain parents. You go, Oh, well, why would you do that? And then you're like, Oh, okay. I kind of get it now. Yeah. It's um, the, the white noise in particular is a funny one because um, there's actually some science behind it or when it's, er- when it's early on, um, for a child. Yes. It's f- like for newborns, part of why it's so soothing. It's not just that it covers background noise. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that, and this makes sense when they're in utero, like before oh, yeah. they're born, everything they hear is that muffled and they hear even like a, a like a, sh- like a white noise sound even from the mom's like heartbeat and pulse and stuff. Yeah. So they're used to that consistency. That's part of why shushing, like not like a shut up shushing, yeah. but like a shh to like a newborn. Mm-hmm. That's why that's soothing Interesting. and calming to them. I know that some of the machines have the heartbeat one, which is kind of scary. I'm yeah. like, okay, uh, welcome to a werewolf movie. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a little creepy. But so then, yeah, just that covering of noise. So I went from like harshly judging that, oh, your kid can't sleep without it. Mm-hmm. You've got to travel with it too. Yep. Like there's home pods. In yep. each of my kids' rooms, just to, just to play white noise yep. at night. Yep. We travel, Bluetooth speaker comes with, just to play white Amen. noise at night. Yep. 
Same. Uh, and even, um, I'm trying to think, uh, like, I'll go, well, yeah. I was going to say, like, there hasn't been a night since they've been born we haven't had at least one of the kids at the house. My son's old enough that he's done one or two sleepovers now. Um, but there's been times I've been away, and even then I'm like, no, got to be white, white noise. noise. Especially yes. a hotel. Like, a hotel's 100%. all noise anyways. Yes. Yes. And white noise is a lifesaver. Now I'm picky. Not like not all white noise is created equally. Yeah, I like brown noise. So I have my specific. I've seen new stuff about brown noise. Yeah, that's um, my go-to if I'm on the road. Yeah. If I'm on the road. But I haven't studied it in detail. But it's all like I was familiar with these things pre-kid just from like existing in the audio world. Because when we say white noise, brown noise, there's also pink noise. These are just different combinations of frequencies, frequencies. overlapping. Mm-hmm. So, you know, white noise, you can think like if you're old enough to remember like a TV with an antenna and it's not tuned in, you know, if you're watching the, the ants racing. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that's that's that sound. Sure. Right. Kind of. I don't think that's actual white noise, but it, it's similar. So that's kind of what we're talking about. But you will use that in audio. Like if you've installed professional audio in a, in a space, like in a venue, um, then you'll run those types of noise when you're testing that system to tune it. Because with all those frequencies playing at the same time, if there's a particular frequency or frequencies that are resonating in the space in odd ways, then you'll pick those up. That's so you'll play them all uh, at the same time. Wow. But never did I think I would be reliant on it for. Is that kind of like why, like when you do lighting in a show, they'll do all the colors to kind of get that blend? Because I, I remember we were looking at some light that had all the lights in it, and I don't know if that makes any sense. There was a, there was a, a light machine, and you can push any kind of color light: white, green, red, any light, and it can do. It was it was awesome. So they were like, "Well, what's white?" And so then we pushed white and it was all of the lights yeah. and i was broke my brain and i know rgb or like the 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 rays of light but i don't know i i just i just couldn't believe it until i saw it well that's like if you've ever been close to like the segments of a of a jumbotron or these outdoor screens mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. those big trailers typically if you see those being worked on they're they're actually like interconnected squares typically yeah uh, like 12 inches to 18 inch squares and they just you know kind of daisy chain those together uh, and so you can actually, if you've got some LEDs going bad, you can just pop out a square and replace yeah. it type of deal. But when you get up close, you can see it's just little clusters of, Crazy. Uh, you know, red, green, and blue lights. And, and so you can kind of think about that like pixels on in your phone screen. Same thing. These are just, they're very large pixels because it's meant to be viewed at a distance. You can't see those little clusters once mm-hmm. you're far enough away. You actually yeah. get, can get a pretty sharp image from it yeah. Uh, but up close you can see that it's just these little bundles and so the way it's getting that image that you're seeing is just in each of those little clusters it's varying amounts of the red green and blue uh together that's interesting i was um because i'm a nerd i was reading about the umwelt theory have you heard of this umwelt Um, i mean of course i know what it is but for the listeners i'll I'll explain it to the listeners because you know they might not be as well read on this random pathetic subject. There's a book about how animals see and perceive the world. And so the whole thing was just really interesting. Like, like, like humans, we don't have the best, we have one of the best eyesights of all mammals or whatever, but like an Eagle can see obviously further than we can see in higher resolution than we can in certain situations. And then he was just talking about how, how sometimes we look at certain animals and we go, yeah, they have bad eyesight. But he was saying, 
it's because they don't need good eyesight. It's like you have these fish that are, you know, hundreds of feet below sea level or whatever that is, under the water and where there is no light. And so they have evolved to have no eyes. And so they're just talking about like, he was saying that, that whales have such incredible hearing. I don't know if this is true, but I'll say it as it is. And, uh, and he was saying that whales have such incredible hearing. They can hear frequencies that we can't hear. Obviously, animals can. But then he was saying that whales can hear the entire ocean. If a whale on the other side of the globe makes a sound, they can sense it in some way. And that just, I'm like, I don't know. That was so interesting to hear. But umwelt theory is the theory that says you see the world how you see the world. And I know that's very deep sounding, but like it was like according to what you can see, according to what your worldview is, according to what your mindset is, that's how you see the world. So obviously as a magician, I'm I'm leaning into that going, what does that mean? And so I was just pulling on that thread and thinking about like the philosophies that you have and how you see race and how you see culture and how you see politics and how you see and I was like, this is crazy how how no one sees the world the same. Yeah. And so that was the whole idea. It was, he was really just talking about animals and just like how bats are, are, aren't really blind, but they don't need the eyesight like we do because they can hear things that we can't hear. And so I was thinking about like, I was like, hold on a minute. How hard is it to catch a mosquito or swat a mosquito in your house? And here's this bat just doing it with sound. Yeah. And uh, he's he's eating because you you watch, especially in Orlando, if you look up, you'll see uh, these animals and they look like they're <laughs> they look like they're being electrocuted because yeah. they're just flying like craziness. I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm gesturing my hands like they can see me. It's part Italian in me. But anyway, so I'm just watching that. And so but but they're seeing these these insects with no sight. Anyways, umbelt theory, really fascinating. I digress. Yeah, it kind of brings to mind, uh, and I'm going to botch the quote here, but I, I think Einstein had a quote, um, you know, about how we judge intelligence. Oh, yes, right? the fish. Like, uh, you know, if you if you judged a fish by how well it could climb a tree, right? Yeah. Like, oh, that fish is an idiot. Yeah, he would think he, he would think himself an idiot for his entire life. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's... Whoa. Just had the watermelon. Have you not had that? I have not. I'm 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 a stickler. I stay with what I know. I love the mango. I loved um I like the iced tea back in the day. Yeah. I love the new and improved mango. Right? Is that what it is? I don't know what it's called. Well, for this the, is delicious. Well, that's because uh, somehow I avoided devolving into my typical Jocko go impromptu commercial, but now let's do let's backtrack let's, and do let's that anyway. the tape. Um because uh, you know, regular listeners will know the CP were, of course, ambassadors for Jocko Fuel in Origin USA. And uh, Jocko Fuel CPO, Brian Littlefield, came on the podcast yeah. back a while ago, and we were talking about the flavors, stuff like that. And I gave him a hard time about watermelon. <laughs> I, I, I did, you know, we keep it real. We keep it 100. You do. That's how you as get into the, a, Do the kids still say that? To a party. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and uh, when they first came out with the new and improved watermelon, like I was like, ah, I still don't think it's there. And the more I've I've drank it, the more it's probably the heaviest flavor in my rotation mm-hmm. these days. Um, but for me, mango was top. Amen. In the OG flavors, mango was tops. I agree. And with the new formulations, 
It's just I almost never grab a mango anymore. I'm sorry, wow. Echo Charles. I almost wow. I've got a couple of cases in it in the house right now. We still drink it. Yeah. But normally, like I could have grabbed that today and instead to bring here. I should have. I should have given you a mango. Yeah, why didn't you? Yeah. And then uh but I, I grabbed the, the watermelon and Nobody the puts uh, baby in the corner. And the orange. I said, but it's it's been diff I don't know if this is your mileage might vary where you're at. But for those of us here in Central Florida, if you wanted to grab a Jocko Go on the go, like you're out and about, maybe your regular supply has dissipated, you drank it all at the house, you need Don't to go grab one. $200. Where do you go, Jason? I would go to Wawa. You, you go to Wawa. Not That's only where I would go. have they had, they were the first to carry Jocko Go. They're the geese. Uh, in store. Um, they had picked up and were carrying the, the ready-to-drink mulks. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a dry hole here in Central Florida lately. It you has. go in, um, they're out of stock. You might not even see like shelf space for it. Not just like somebody went in and bought them out. Right. Um, and of course, you know, any everybody who I've turned on to it, they're messaging me like, hey, where, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Where is it? To which I, of course, respond, you know, well, if you just visit jackofuel.com, you can just order it for yourself with my solid seven promo code and get a 10% well discount. And you don't have to worry. You don't have to rely on Wawa yeah. for your, for your Jacko go. But I, I reached out to Brian, you know, like, Hey man, this is, you know, what's going on. And I, I knew they were facing some of this where like the drink space. And I know this from watching, um, shark tank, when you see somebody come on with any kind of drink, you know, but energy drinks in particular, it's just incredibly competitive. Mm-hmm. There's big, big players in this space. Um, those who, if the, if you live long enough to get big enough, you tend to just get bought out. Like I think Coke bought Celsius, Mm. um, you know, I don't know if one of the big companies owns monster, but so you've got like Coke and Pepsi playing in this space. You've got monster and Red Bull as these big, massive players. Like you think about like how big Red Bull is, how much money they have, like the biggest money sport in the world is formula one racing. And that the, the top and, and their regularly competitive team in the sport is the Red Bull racing team on top of all the other types of things they sponsor and are into, like they've got all that money to throw around Crazy. from selling all their little cans of, of sugar and caffeine, right? So like big, big, big players. And when they see somebody like Jocko Fuel, a product like Jocko Go cutting into their profit margins, um, they don't like it. So what do they do? So what what they'll do Buying is, up is extra space. They'll go to these retailers, not just buy extra space mm. for their product. They'll say, we'll pay you just to reduce their space. Wow. It will become worth it to them financially to just try to reduce the spe- the shelf space. I mean, if you're doing a Coca-Cola, yeah, or you make, got that kind of money. Or make placement worse. Mm. So what I've seen some people post in videos is even like they're grabbing their Jocko Go at Wawa and it's the very bottom shelf. And so I, I messaged Brian. I'm like, hey, man, we're we're running on E at Wawa down here. I said, is this shelf space wars? Uh, and I won't name who he named in case he doesn't want me to. And like, But he's like, yeah, you know, X, we've got him scared. So wow. he said, should be bottom shelf. But I'll say this, even when I've looked in a couple different Wawa's around here right now, mm-hmm. and it hasn't even been bottom shelf. Yeah, it's not been there. So I'll, I'll say this, wherever you're at, wherever you're shopping, if you've noticed like reduced shelf space for your Jocko Fuel products, mm-hmm. 
Um, because I know in other places like here in Central Florida, Wawa Vitamin Shop, that's really where you gotta look. Publix, let's get on let's get on the path, Publix. Yeah. Um, but they're in uh, you know, regionally, they're in some Walmarts. I know they're in um uh, some of the the major grocery chains that aren't public. So there's a lot of places you could be getting this in person. Um, and, uh, dude, I'll, I'll say this for, for my part and especially my central Florida peeps, let's do ourselves a favor. If you're someplace like Wawa where they've reduced the shelf space or it's harder to find, or they're out of stock one, be asking about it. Like check with a manager be like, Hey, when are you going to restock this? Yeah. Like make sure that's going up the chain. Um, but Hey, like we live in a social media world, be posting it too. Like for me, the only reason I go into a Wawa, I'm not like a, I don't like their coffee. Their food is just okay. Yeah. Like it's just not bad. Yeah. Um, it's not good. It's better than 7-Eleven. So for me, there's no reason for me to go into a Wawa unless I'm getting a Jocko go. Yeah. And if that's you, maybe Wawa needs to hear that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, what, whatever. So, um, it's, but you, you know, for people like myself, you go to jockofuel.com, you, you use the solid seven promo code, you get 10% off. You don't have to worry about it. You're your own supplier. Supplier. Your, your, I don't even know the main character's name from Breaking Bad, but if you're making your own supply, you don't have to. That's true. You don't have to worry about it. That's true. I don't suggest anybody brew their own Jocko Go. That might be a bad home. idea. But that's the deal is it's that um, part of what they're up against now is these these big players are taking note and they're they're scared and it's a and it's a tough industry. Now, do I want to go up against Jocko Willink on any type of battlefield? No, I do not. So good good luck to you. Yeah. Good good luck to you. Yeah, they have. I mean, the, the the challenge he would have is just the name would be the familiarity, because it takes an extra second to go. Oh, wait, this actually isn't garbage. This is actually good for me. You know, it takes that extra second for somebody to think about. Granted, it's just an extra second, but still, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to go up against Jocko. No, no, no. Yeah, that's crazy. You kind of just think about it too, like. What is Coke doing? Like, I mean, you've won the game. You're in every country in the world. Like, you're okay. But it's hey, dude, sling, a little guy shows up and slinging, turns the world upside down. Slinging sugar water is competitive, man. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of Solid Seven promo code, you got new merch. I do. I've, I've got. We've talked about it on here some. I uh, well, not with me. No, not with you. And I bought a shirt. I was one, one of the first. You're a good kid. I am a good kid. I was going to wear it during during this uh, recording, but I failed. Yeah. And uh, it was a work day, and I said, I didn't want to get all sweaty. So we, there's, uh, we've got some tees. We've got mm-hmm. some t-shirts now. We've got some hoodies right in, just in time for summer. Just in time for summer. I will yes. say this. There were, when I was picking out the merch options, I did go with the lighter hoodie mm-hmm. um, so that people could get some more use out yeah. of them. Uh, yeah, because you're indoors in Florida, it's always cold. And except uh, in my office, there's I, I did a tank top. It might be like a racer back for the ladies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Becca, one of our favorites here, you know, immediately was giving me. She was sassing me. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Because the the razor back, which is admittedly uh, less material, uh, mm-hmm. think like you know a light tank top, right? For a, for a woman, for a female. Uh, it's less material than the t-shirt, but they're priced higher. 
Is this because I'm a chauvinist? Is this because I'm a monster? That's true. No, it's because they cost me more. That's true. Do I know why? No. Is it some kind of woman tax? I don't know. I, I priced it with the same margins that I priced everything else, Amen. which is tiny. Let me tell you something. Tell me something. Am I going to am I going to retire? Am I going to go full-time solid 7 podcast only based off based off the massive margins from this hot new merch? Nope. Nope, not going to happen. Normally with clothing, I don't I might have this wrong. I feel like the margins tend to be around like 50%. Probably true. I'll tell you. I didn't even high, I didn't even want to price them as expensive as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember all the prices off the top of my head. I know the tees I think are 29.99. Um I priced them just high enough for me to be able to offer a discount to Patreon supporters. Sure. So if you're a Patreon supporter, there's a code available to you on Patreon and you can get them at a discount. That is what my markup is. Just enough room to be able to offer that discount. Because I can't, I couldn't, the company I'm using, I couldn't offer a discount, obviously, bigger than the profit margin. Yeah, and the website is really cool. It was really easy to use. And then I was thinking, I need to start selling merch just for fun. Yeah. Like just to get it, design it and put it on there and just get it out just to make some kind of, I mean, it's not even passive. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to call it. But one thing I want to do that would be fun because the service that I'm using, it's called Bonfire. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it started as like a, a fundraising based type thing. Cause I mean things kind of structured around campaigns. Yeah. Right? You set up a campaign. But what's cool is like you can just upload a design, you pick the material and the thing you want to offer it on and the colors, uh, and you price it and it goes live. Um, now I will say there's another way I could reduce the prices. I'm, I'm just not at a place to do that right now where right now it's, it's print, main thing. it's print on demand. You yeah. order one right now, they're going to make it and they're going to send it to you yeah. and you got yours shockingly fast. Yes, I do. Like you place one of the very first orders. Um, and, uh, that's more expensive than if I, I could either do a bulk order mm-hmm. and then I've got to, I'm eat, I'm paying all that money out and then I'm sitting on those. I'm shipping those. Yep. I don't have the bandwidth for that nope. right now. But also I could do a campaign where like once it hits a certain number of orders, they'll ship them. Yeah. But I, to me, my priority for listeners and fans of the show was like, if you want a shirt, I want you to get your shirt. You want a hoodie? I want you to get your hoodie. Yep. I don't want you to be sitting around waiting on whatever that would be, 20 mm-hmm. other people to order or yeah. 30 other people. Like I don't do patience. It's not my thing. Um, and it's not your virtue. when I, and when I have ordered something, when I know something is coming, um, I want it now. Yeah. I'm an, this is America. Isn't I'm that, an American. I want it. Isn't there an now. option on Amazon now? Like if, yeah, if they have like distribution in your area, that's crazy. you can like same day. It's insane. Insane. Yeah. Where, where are we at with the drones delivering stuff? Uh, I don't know. That's scary. Yeah. That's going to kill a dog. I'm just flashing to that episode in the last season of Parks and Rec when... Uh, Never saw it. You haven't... Have you, you've watched Parks and Rec. Maybe one or two. My wife has watched that. Is that the one... Uh, There's been a lot of things I thought would bring down this friendship, if that's what we're going to call it. Never did sure. I think it would be this. We're still Office fans. Yeah. It's not good. Are you Seinfeld? We are. I just don't know if it's enough. Is Seinfeld enough for you? Yeah, no. Ugh. Get out. Seinfeld, The Office. Um, Anyways. I digress. But, yeah, which one is Parks and Rec? Is that the one? With Ron Swanson. 
Okay, I do. I have seen some of those episodes, okay. and they are excellent. And yeah. I do like Ron Swanson, and I like the girl with the big eyes, and uh, like his little protege who's always yeah. following him around. She's funny. So there's uh, there's a, a storyline. The whole their last season of the show, they jump ahead a couple of years in time, and there's a the like the the plot. The running story involves this company Grizzle, which is just a stand-in for Google. And they may or may not move their new headquarters to Pawnee, this little town that the whole show is based in. And at one point, they're delivering things to people's houses by, by drone. So it's Google, not Amazon, that they're parroting. Uh, it, it it could be both. I mean, yeah. who knows? Whatever. But at one point, like the part of the shtick of Ron Swanson throughout the whole series is he's a libertarian. He's very yeah. private. He Hilarious. doesn't. He wants to be off the grid. Yes. And so one of these drones still finds his house and delivers things for his son. <laughs> and so he shoots it out of the sky. Amazing. Um, so he's the guy I'm... who's like he goes to the place like I want all the bacon you have. Yes. No, I think you misunderstood me. <laughs> I want to be very clear. I want all oh. the bacon. Yeah. It's Incredible. eggs and bacon, please, please. Incredible, incredible. And then was Chris in that show? Yeah, that's, um, he was on a show like a like a teeny bopper show. I think like he was on something like One Tree Hill. I don't never watched One Tree Hill. This See, isn't me trying to be friendship. macho. It just wasn't that would end friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I feel Keep like that trees. was the mil- I feel like it was like that was like the millennial Dawson's Creek. Like I Gen X, we some- had. Party of Five, yeah, Dawson's Creek. I saw some of those. I couldn't tell you one episode. I just know he's a uh, meme now. But uh, but so I, I think Chris Pratt was on something like that. But I think where he really kind of made his name was, was Guardians, Parks right? and Parks and Rec. No, oh, yeah, Parks yeah. and Rec. And then he was in either Zero Dark Thirty. Or, that was his big movie break. Well, he he like went and shot that on hiatus, mm-hmm. or took a break from Parks and Rec. Came back like super light and svelte so there's a gag in one of the shows about how he lost the weight yeah um and so and then from there so the thing that i've i appreciated about it is that it ended strong from what i understand parks and rec like as far as like the office went weird yeah it was like nobody cares about andy bernard like when he became the manager i was like ugh. Or then when Will Ferrell showed up, I was like, okay, I kind of want to drink bleach. I'm not your guy for that, though. I don't hate the post-Michael seasons as much as most people do. And I definitely felt like they brought it back. Like, they got their mo back for season nine. Now, I hate Andy. Yeah. I Like, I loathe the character of Andy. Yeah. I didn't like him when he was, you know, there just, was just something guest starring. Not there without just, Michael. Just never did. But I also, I love James Spader. Mm-hmm. Who came in as Robert California? Yes, I know a lot of people didn't. I've Weird. always been a fan. Why is he? And I loved him. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I found him hilarious, especially like when it kind of blows up at the end between yeah. him and Andy. You don't even know my real name. <laughs> yeah. He was such a I'm mystery, the right? King. Yeah, he was so <laughs> lizard. King. He so. was such a mystery. Nobody ever could figure him out, and like nothing he said yeah. made sense. And then what did he say to Dwight? Like, yeah, let me know about those. Some kind of steaks of some kind of animal that like you shouldn't be eating, and he's like, "Let me know about the." Uh... Oh gosh, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, thank God they kept Dwight. Okay, yeah. that's probably the only thing that kept me. Okay, well, committed to the show yeah. through the, the post Michael. The, the one part that turned me off uh, on the show was when they were doing spoiler alert for this show that ended like a decade ago. Gosh, uh, when they were like putting Pam and Jim through a rough unnecessary. Patch. Und- and she was flirting with the sound tech. Yeah, the sound guy's like trying to slide into the DMs. Yeah, like no, screw that guy, man. Yep, 
Absolutely. So, so nobody liked you, Brian. Was his name Brian? I don't even know his name, but I don't like uh, him. Yeah. I don't like him. Yeah, I, I couldn't get behind it. It just it just felt it just felt like and the reason why is because everyone and the joke is with the office, like everybody just knows that guy in their office. And it was just so many people that you were like, yes. And then of course our one of our former bosses, Daryl, was Michael Scott. Was like Michael, Literally, I'm trying to explain working with I'd feel bad about this, except for if Daryl listens to my podcast, like he responds to my texts, he'll never hear this. That's true. Um he was in my wedding, but whatever. Um, so are you. I wasn't in yours. Have we talked about that on here? Anyways, um, I mean, the number of people that were that I should have outranked. But anyways. That's true. That's we don't true. have to name names. You know who you are, That's though. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but the only way I've ever been able to come close to helping someone who did not know Daryl understand what it was like to work with Daryl. Yes. Is via Michael Scott. It really he wasn't is. as bad as Michael. Uh, Michael's just the closest thing. He's the closest I can get. There's Daryl. He's he he's more intelligent than Michael was. He was more intelligent. Like he yes. he wasn't like he didn't lack he didn't lack that level of self awareness. Yeah. Yes, um, he right. wasn't that socially right. inept. But the like the, the crazy zany yes. like out of left fieldness. Um, can't make this. Th- I, there's no other way. I'll never forget. He gives me a call. I think it was on a Saturday. And if you don't know Pastor Daryl, and if you're listening to this and you have no idea who we're talking to. We worked with him. We were friends. I mean, we knew him before we worked for him. Mm-hmm. I interned with him when he was just interning. Wow. Um, and so. He has a voice like this. Hey. Yeah. A crazy, crazy voice. Crazy life so story. He calls me. He calls me, though, on a Saturday. He goes, Jason, are you busy? I go, a little. He goes. How do you have a suit? I was like, oh, God, help me. So he goes, I go, yeah. He goes, how fast can you get to Altamont, which is like 45 minutes away from me? He's like, and perform a wedding that I forgot I was doing today. Gosh, man. (laughs) And I was like, there's not a chance that I can. There's just not a chance. But just the question, the ask. I remember one time he calls me up on a Thursday night and goes, hey, guess who's doing chapel tomorrow, which is Friday morning at 8 a.m.? You are. And I mean, just like, I forgot to tell you, have fun. And so it's like nine o'clock at night on a Thursday. I'm like, okay, here we go. But you just cannot make this human being up. You just can't. We read, he got in this kick for a while when we yep. were on staff of we'd read through these books together as a staff, which I think in and of itself were the endeavor. I leaders, do. leaders are readers. It's you true. know, you never stop learning. I, I believe in it. Get a library card. Amen. Um, but he he liked to pull in these business books. Now we were yeah. we were working in and running a youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Now an above average sized, a, a effective. I, I think there were business principles that were maybe more applicable at the size we were running at, the kinds of things we were trying to do. But just not everything translates, right? Right. Um, and I can't remember, and you might, but we read some, and, and it was like pure. I always pretended to read them, but I never did. <laughs> I was always like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. We read one that was like a, a pure business book. And one of the things this guy was espousing was like you you like super reward, like your top performers, like your top 10%, but like the top 10, like the bottom 10 or 20% on whatever regular cycle, they're just gone. Yeah. Like you're out. Yeah. And man, Daryl liked this idea. Yikes. But the problem is like, we were like the office in that 
we had a lot of one person departments. Yeah. Right. Like within within the the office, most of us were the only person doing the thing we were doing. Right. Which means you were both the top performer and the bottom performer. Right. Uh, I'm like, bro, nobody else is doing what I'm doing. Like, you okay? Good luck. You get rid of. I'm underperforming. You're gonna get rid of me. Yeah. I am also overperforming. That's true. I'm also the top. That's true. So it was just it was just stuff like that. Yeah. He was just so over the top. And again, I'm not anti this. There's stuff that like there's a lot of marketing books that can be very helpful 100%. to people who are working in ministry and th- you know things like Raving Fans. Raving Fans. Um we read read. we read a book um it was like Purple Cow fictionalized but oh, not sure. about Disney. And and like how they function. This is back in the day before there Be was just guess. much controversy. Yeah, like it was it was quasi fictionalized, but it was on the way they really run things. It was like somebody was taking mm-hmm. a group through the parks to learn about how they do things and like, you know, how they keep them clean, how everybody wears a name tag, the way they treat guests, you know, everybody's you're a cast member oh, yeah. and like the quality and the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and we read one about Starbucks that was really Starbucks good too. Experience. So we read, there were some of these things that they're applicable almost no matter what you're yep. doing. Yeah. Um, so I'm not anti that concept and I'm not throwing Daryl under the boss, under the bus. There were some, as with anyone, there were some real trials sometimes in working with and for him. One of my all time favorite people, one of the all time best, most fun bosses I've ever, like some of my like craziest, most trying professional yeah. experiences were with him. But almost all of my best ones were with him too, right? I agree. Um, He's the guy that we always talk about going, I wish, like, like he could not exist. Well, at least, what was that, 2005? God bless no, America. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, like, I came back. I was in North Carolina for like right around two years mm-hmm. um, and came back and, and didn't come right into that job. I was working for somebody else, but I was back around the church doing stuff. And then in very short order, ended up back on, on the staff. And that was around two, 2005. Gosh, throw back. Yeah. That was a long time ago, bro. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Um, our church for the, for the longest time, and even up and through recently, um, had some pretty stringent dress code requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we don't need to get into all of them. We'll talk about my specifics. So when I started, it was just a weird atmosphere, right? Because I was on the, my position was really different, right? Because mm-hmm. I was, because uh, I was part of like administrative office staff, right? So I worked in the youth building. I worked in the youth department. I was youth staff, but kind of not, right? It's yeah. almost like the Marines use the Navy's medics, the Navy's corpsmen, right? So it's like, I'm in the youth department, but I'm not. So... The office had, which is, I mean, to be fair, pretty standard, like, business attire dress codes uh, of, like, when I started, it would have been, like, you know, slacks or dress pants, dress shoes, button-down shirt, tie each day. Whoa, you had to wear a tie? Yeah, and and you're surprised because we worked in a separate little building on the campus, and that dress code did not apply to the youth staff Yeah, because we were youthy. Right, and if you wanted to relate to kids, you you, you couldn't you chair, couldn't dress up backwards. Yeah. yeah, hello youths. Hi um, youths. And so I was the only person in the building in our little building on campus that it applied to. Plenty of people over in the main building, right. but I was the only person in our building. And to know me is to know that I hate dressing up, 
if I'm in dress shoes, if I have a tie it's a few on, <laughs> somebody's either getting married or someone has died. I yeah, mean, it's you, you could pretty much – it's a pretty that's solid true. guide. That's true. Um, <laughs> and uh, – and so, you know, there, there were some different requirements for, for the ladies and, you know, they had some, some of those were dated and they had some complaints and it was, it was a little more old school. Uh, right. But it was just extra weird for me because I'm over in the space and I'm the only one who had applied to, except for like our, our senior staff, like our, our pastors mm -hmm. that ran the youth department on the days they had staff meeting with the grownups. Right. Right. Uh, they would have to dress that same way for those yeah. meetings. But other than that, it was casual for everybody else. Right. And I hated it. Yeah. And so we were in a separate building, so I could just get away with a little more. Yeah, you'd untuck your shirt. Um, so I, like, it started with I'd wear sandals, like, in the youth office, and I'd slip on dress shoes oh. to go over to the main office. And then, God. And then I just stopped wearing ties. Well, you see, were, like, the only male one, too. Right? The only male, like... Well, no. Like, in that division, yeah, yeah I was the only guy. Yeah. Um, but, like, there were Which, other... I mean, whatever. There were other, dress there up were, and there were other guys day, on staff and finance and stuff like that. That's true. HR. Those kinds of people had to, had to dress that way. Had, you know, had yeah. the same dress code. Um, and I think, I think the, like, the pastors in the other departments, I think the main building people kind of had that same guideline for them. Yeah. Um. And so I just stopped wearing ties. Mm -hmm. A tie serves no purpose. It's just a handle for somebody if you get in a fight. It doesn't keep you warm. It doesn't hold any clothing That's on or up what ties. What is the purpose of a tie? It's just peacocking. They serve no purpose. It does look nice. Does it? Why? Why does it look nice? I think it just completes a suit for something. How? I have no idea why. It just appealing. Exactly. I have no reason. I have no... You're just a sheep. You just it? think it's supposed to it? be uh, there. I have no epistemology. I have no idea why it is or why I think that. Yeah. I do think it looks nice. Why does a collar matter? It doesn't. No, it does know. not. Why does a jacket matter? So I just stopped wearing them. True. And no one said anything. So that was my new dress code. So then, like, I started, like, I'd, I just wear, wear jeans. It's a gradual. Nobody said anything. Now the frog is starting to boil. I, I just filtered a comment. I'm not going to share that one. There were some other. So, like, I got away with some things that others couldn't have gotten away with. Yep. Because you were also underneath. Not everybody could have whittled yeah. this down. Um, but by time it was all said and done, you were in a tank top. By time I left, I wore jeans and t-shirts and a ball cap, pretty much That's every true. day. And the dress code really hadn't changed. Yeah. It wow. really hadn't changed. And but you, the thing that made you get away with it probably was that we were in a whole nother building and people didn't see us that much. But we moved to a new campus and we were all combined and I got seen all the time and still no one said a thing. Yeah. God bless America. Thank God we've progressed to just going, okay, these these dress codes are silly a lot of the time. I get I get a standard, but it should be pretty sane. I just, you know, somehow, shockingly, the the covering of my lower half with denim didn't degrade my work quality. That's true. At all. That's true. At all. That's true. Uh, and so is it a little rebellious? Yeah. 100%. I would say harmlessly. If at any point had somebody been like, put your tie on. I would have put my tie My bad. I would have put my tie on. 
Hey, you can't wear the jeans. Okay. I'll wear I wear the dress pants. I'll wear the slacks. I would have done it. But it it was like this. This was before I had, you know, like Jocko wasn't on my radar. The book Extreme Ownership wasn't written. But in hindsight, like I recognize exactly what it was, which Leif talks about in in one of his chapters in uh Extreme Ownership, is that the standard isn't isn't what you publish, the standard isn't what you write down. The standard isn't what you say it is. The standard is what you tolerate. Sure. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And occasionally somebody would be like, uh, why don't you, how do you, how, like, how do you, why do you get to wear sandals? How do you get to wear sandals? Like, you, do you have something to write with? I just do. I just, I just wear them. Mm-hmm. And if nobody says anything, it's okay true yeah now you could take that mindset to some extremes that are bad 100%. and unhealthy yeah uh that's not what i'm espousing but and if uh, you're an immature individual like and if you do get corrected you can start flipping tables and you know having a i do always hyperventilate i do always think this is interesting because i feel like um guys more or less jeans are jeans um, like, I feel like you're violating this right now, but for the most part, if guys are wearing jeans, they're, they're some version of jean color. Like they might have a different wash, but they're obviously jeans. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like sometimes if you're in a setting where it's like, it's more what it's not as casual. So maybe your jeans aren't permitted. Denim's not permitted. I feel like the fairer sex get away with more cause they'll wear denim, but it's like, it's a tan or it's a pink or it's a whatever. So it's like, they're not blue jeans and uh, just nobody says anything. Yep. I don't complain about it because game respects game. Okay. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But I feel like if I rolled up in like a, like a tan pair of jeans, that's a, we got a whole other set of problems. That's true. That's yeah. true. What are you playing golf? Some uh, Listen, you're, you're a dude, you're out there listening. You're wearing tan jeans, right? More power to you. That's uh, not, it's not my bag. Yeah, that's definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, when I started pastoring to adults, I would still wear black jeans, and I never really got in trouble for it, you know. I tucked my shirt in. I wore my tie. I wore my jacket. I was adorable. Yeah. I was a little chubby mouse, but hey, there you go. It is what it is. I buttoned the top button. Yeah, I, so I, I, I live for dressing down. I don't mind. You want to be like, hey, no, like, no rips in the jeans, no cutoffs, no, like, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I I guess it's a little bit hypocritical in my head. I'm like, you know, in an office setting or, like, shorts, the most professional thing, um, like, my gut, I want to say no, but I'm like, when, at when, what point did we determine these things? At what point did we determine, like, oh, business dress is going to be, you know, I don't suit, think jacket, tie? That's true. In, in what way does it improve the quality of the work? I don't think there's any setting where shorts look professional. <laughs> Lifeguards. Boom roasted. Lifeguards. Okay. But that's that's the context that that matters. Maybe you're a, a, a safari operator. In an, let me say it like this. In an office setting, I cannot see a guy walking in there with shorts and taking them seriously. I agree with you. I just don't know why we feel that way because it really doesn't because matter. Here's why. Here's why. Because shorts are connected to outdoor activities almost every single time. A safari, a lifeguard person, I think that's outdoors, and I don't think of having professional meetings out 
doors. Whether that's right or wrong, I just don't see me having a board meeting around with a bunch of laptops out crunching numbers outside. I mean, the biggest company, the most valuable company in the history of the world that we're aware of thus far was made that big by a guy who wore jeans and turtlenecks every freaking day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he's also the CEO. He can do whatever he wants. I'm just saying. It There's just, no logic behind it, but there is no denying I understand. that shorts are outdoor I, I recognize my own hypocrisy in this. And yeah. I agree. If somebody had the shorts on in the office, I'd be like, I don't know. Or if a guy walked up on stage to teach something or uh, like a business meeting. It depends on the setting, I guess. I would never wear shorts to a wedding. I would never wear shorts to a funeral. Why is that the case? There's no reason. There's no, no reason. Yeah. It's kind of a silly thing. It is a silly thing. Yeah. It is a silly thing. And so we, we, we all recognize there's a line. There is a line. Because otherwise, you take this argument too far. It's like, well, as long as you got a fig leaf and some coconuts, you're that's good true. to go. Yes. Obviously, no, that's not. Yeah. Though, of course, nudists are like, well, why do you need the fig leaf and coconuts? That's truth. And I that's stay a... away from them as far as I can. So. <clears throat> but I, I So for me, nudist. that line is, I'm like, I, I think jeans... But even me, I'm like, you know, you know if what? it's a your alpha right now, so you got blue jeans on and a solid seven shirt. I think if you threw a jacket on, I'd consider you casual or professional. And that's that's the weird thing for guys too, right? Like that's all we got to do. You yeah. throw a jacket on, like wow, he it's, dressed up. Nice. It's Clark Kent putting taking really his glasses is. off, right? It really is. And but the truth of the matter is, if we're gonna go there, like guys' options are like two things. Yeah. Like like every single clothing store you go to. Like, where's the guy section? You see that rack in the back? That's all you got, pal. And it's like, okay, I'm going to wear this again. But ladies, they got so many options. I'm not arguing for more options. I'm not looking for more. Yeah. I'm like, hey, keep it simple. Because the second I walk into any kind of store like that, I'm like, I want to leave. I want to go eat something. I'm always confused by guys that own more than like three, four, maybe five pairs of shoes. Okay. Yeah. I might own more than that. I get it a little bit for a sneakerhead. I get that. Yeah, the sneaker heads are weird, though. Now, I say that. I've got more T-shirts than I could ever. I My freaking, I love T-shirts, and I to hate to own. get rid of a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. You're like, well, I'll, I'll be skinny enough to fit in that again. That's what I tell I've myself. Gotten I got pick- a drawer, my skinny drawer. I, I've gotten picky about them. Like in my old age, amen. Like I don't want a hundred percent, a hundred percent cotton shirt. Miss me with that garbage. Yep. No interest. Yep. Um, I'm looking for a nice blend. I prefer. Uh, talked about this some um, uh, when our, our buddy Josh was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the merch some because, yes. of course, my better than average tees are blended. They're not 100% cotton. Mm-hmm. It's softer. It wicks sweat better. Uh, but because I've been in the business of ordering and, and making T-shirts and stuff at times, I know a little bit yes. about like the different ways they print them and stuff like that. So I prefer a water-based ink. I don't like the water-based heavy inks that sit the best. on. Now my shirts, unfortunately right now aren't, aren't water, but it's not the heavy thick yep. ink either. So they still breathe, but I'm like, I, I prefer a water-based. Amen. The uh, ones I, that, that you would always have me do for the DC trips. Yeah. Those are gorgeous. Yeah. And it's just the water-based, if you've ever seen it, there it's not, there's nothing on it. It doesn't feel like there's anything printed on it. It's like inside the, yeah. inside the, I'm the worst to work with on a creative project. I don't think you are actually. Well, it depends um, on what mood you're in. Really? So yeah. I know Josh. Josh has worked with me on Josh several creative everything. things. I know. I know he would agree with me. I'm surprised you don't, because I often have a very definitive idea in my head of what I want. Yes. And I just lack the creative vocabulary 
to communicate it. So I, I'm very confident, and I know when no, it's wrong, dude, but right. to get you to where it's right. No, I will take um, clear vision over ambiguous chaos because our former boss would never give me clear direction. I'm like, do you want orange or black? Sure. Either, neither. Either. I'm like, what does that mean? You know, it's the whole, like, you know, like people argue with the philosophy, um, you know, think outside the box. It's like, no, no, no. That's a bad idea. That's a real bad idea. <laughs> you need have to you get ever back tried to watch um, something on Netflix? You, when you have unlimited options, you land on nothing. And you're like, let me just watch Parks and Rec. Let me just watch The Office one more time because I'm going to sleep. And, and when you think outside the box, you have unlimited options. I'm like, there, give me narrow, give me boundaries. I have had experiences in my life. Now, admittedly, 100%, I think, I have a suspicion this may just be a Caucasian thing, um, but where we've been with like family or friends, typically if it's like a stay over kind of situation, like you're visiting from out of town or something like that. Um, so like a kids are down later at night, like, Hey, what are we going to watch where we just spend, uh, we end up burning all the time on what yep. we were going to watch yep. on watching trailers instead. Ooh, and then by time we're done, it's like, well, well, let's just go. Just bed. go to bed. Well, my wife, she annoys me with that because she'll be like, hey, do you want to watch this movie? She's like, yeah. What's it about? I was like, well, let's watch the trailer. And so we'll watch the trailer together. And I'm like, by the end of it, because I'm 10 years old inside, I'm excited to watch. She's like, I think I just saw the whole movie in the trailer. The whole trailer just told me the whole movie. I know what happens. I'm like, yeah. no, it doesn't. You don't know the characters. Now, I think this, this is, uh, once again, I'm going to risk the cancellation of the Solid Timon oh, podcast. here we go. Um, I, I, my, I, uh, Michael Williams, wherever you are, I may need you to come on next week and walk this back for me. But I've heard it said, and I feel like this is relatively accurate, that it's like a complete role reversal between white people and black people. Like, the way white people are about trailers the way we react and respond to trailers are the way black people react and respond to actual movies i don't know if this is specific to like movie theater behavior but white people caucasians get real fired up and and about trailers and you'll hear in the theater like the commentary like oh i want to see that all that looks like garbage like oh, we're yeah. about the trailer life and then during the movies we're karens shh, shh. that's true i'm trying to watch the movie yeah i'm, I'm excuse me uh, where it's it's like an interactive experience. It's, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like like I'm yeah. I'm a minority. I, I identify as that, and I am one actually. Yeah. Uh, in this crazy, silly world we live in, but yeah, like w Hispanics, we think the characters can hear us. There, yeah. There's something in us. It's like like we are reacting. Like don't go in there. Yeah. He's gonna kill you. Like we think that it's just something in our culture. It's just something that the Lord. Yeah. I think that's us the with. better way to go. I feel like you have more fun. We definitely have more fun. Have yeah. you seen me? I'm adorable. And then, uh, then there's those moments that transcend when everybody yes is interacting. You remember when people used to clap at the end of a movie? Did that ever happen? I to feel you? like that still happens. Rarely. I've been. I can't remember if I saw the. Um, the like the last of the good Avengers movies. I I, I lose like the, the two they was split the was it Endgame? Yeah, Endgame. So I can't remember if I saw that in theater or not. But like regardless of um like socioeconomic background, racial background, sexual orientation, where you feel like Check you're out on the, the gender spectrum, right. whoever and whatever you are, if you were in the theater when Captain America Ooh. picked up Mjolnir, had Thor's hammer. 
everybody lost their minds. Yes. I can't remember if I was in theater for that, but I, you could sit, watch videos of it now. Yep. For for me, for my I generation, it. it was, dude, when we were watching the uh, Star Wars prequels, when you were in... Th- yes. And Yoda busted out his lightsaber was a moment, to bro. fight Dooku. And if you go back and watch this, it's a little subtle. Because you notice, like, he was always, like, limping around. Yeah. He'd use his little not-a-wheelchair wheelchair. Like, he didn't abuse the force. He could have. Like, he could have used the force to walk normal, not need the cane. But he Your didn't. nerd colors are but showing. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Yoda's about to lay the smack down on Dooku. The best fight. Right? And not only does he not need his cane, if you'll notice, he doesn't use his hand to take his oh, lightsaber right. off his belt. He pulls it off his belt to his hand with the force. Yes. And that's when you're like, no, this is about to go that was incredible. down. And the theater lost its mind. Lost it. I feel like we don't have those moments. Like, I feel like Endgame, Marvel, whatever. Yeah, Marvel's Endgame. Okay, the Captain America moment, Tony Stark dying. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, get a life. But, like, I don't know if we're ever going to have that again. I don't. because I don't know. Endgame wasn't that long ago. Endgame was such, but here's the reason why Endgame had so much momentum, in my opinion, because every single movie interwove with it. It was like yeah. at the end scene, like the, after the credits, you're like, oh, this is foreshadowing and this is connected to here. And there were all these people online going like all the, all, like, I don't think there's anything that ever existed like that. I mean, Star Wars kind of, yeah. but not developing these other characters. Well, and I, I, mean, I do feel like to get to that moment, you almost you need more buy-in than you can get in just one film. Sure, I feel like um, I feel like Top Gun Maverick. I don't I know that it had it that moment. What is? Who I, are you? I know. I what even to see are it. you? I've never seen Parks I and Rec. I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen it, and I I'm dying to see it. I feel I don't remember. When did it come out? I can't remember. I, don't, last I knew summer, I, was busy. I think maybe I or something. I, I don't know, but. Um, I, f- I don't remember any like stand and cheer moments, but I feel like it got close. Like Jeez. it was just like it hit all the right notes. It was like great movie making was back. Yeah. I know it was like up for best movie. I don't think it was that. I don't know if it should have won. And uh, But it, even Steven Spielberg, I want to say it was Spielberg, like at the Oscars, I didn't watch, said uh, like, thank Tom Cruise, yes, said like you saved, you saved movies. Yes. And I'll say, like, I've become more and more the person where it's like, I'd rather watch on my couch, on my TV, same. with my sound, like, the experience, like, I can have the same experience and not have to put up with the people and the prices. Yep. And I sat there and watched Top Gun Maverick. I'm like, I couldn't have had this experience at yeah. home. Like, they might, he might have been right yep. about that. Yeah. That, that, you're right. That is one. But the reason, another reason why that is, is because it was actually Tom Cruise and it was, I don't know that that so that has a little bit of the end game paradigm or the um, culture well, we were, mindset but in there. Like you were even though it was only already. a sequel, yeah. Like there was already buy in yeah. on Maverick. You're bringing in. I don't think this is a spoiler. Goose's son is a main character. Like yeah. you had that same emotional buy in, and then it delivered on these like just yeah. high impact moments. That's all I've heard about Maverick was unbelievable. Yeah. I cannot believe I haven't seen it. It was a little formulaic. It was a little a little bit of a retread, but in all yeah. the great like in all the best ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what they did to shoot as much of the flying as they could practically. Um like the jets aren't doing things they can't do in real life and all that well, stuff. It it really came through. It was good. Yeah, so like I feel like like the movies now I just I 
I can't think. I mean, well, you know what? I'm a liar. I think. Did you see Batman, the newest Batman hmm. with Robert Pattinson? He just does nothing for me. I was impressed with him. And yeah. you know why I gave him a chance? Because when I heard that Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker, I was like, this is going to be a nightmare. Okay, that's okay. fair. I was like, this is going to be dumb. And then I see him do it. I was like, oh, wow. He is believable in this movie. And the reason I say he's believable is because Batman doesn't have superpowers. Yeah. He's just a guy who's rich and wants to beat people up. I mean, that's the end of it. So um, I thought I thought that was a pretty good movie. So I, I'm kind of going back on what I said, but I, I just feel like so many of these movies that come out now, I'm just, it just doesn't do it for me. And maybe it's because I'm not in the theater and I'm not experiencing it, but there's so many ones I'm just like, okay, predictable. And it's not like Inception was an incredible yeah. movie. Was an incredible movie. I'm trying to think of the last thing that I saw that wasn't part of a series, part of a universe. Standalone, yeah. That just blew me away where Inception, I'm like, great movie. The Prestige yeah. was another great one. Where it was just a standalone movie. But these are, like, we were, like time fly, like moves so fast now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, those are old movies, they dude. They are. Those they are, are old movies. 2010 was Inception, I remember. Um, yeah, they are. But, I mean, those were really good. The Matrix. I still can sit down and watch The Matrix. I don't care. The first one. I haven't watched yet, and I do want to watch The Whale. Yeah. Um, I'll say, man, like, this might just be because he's, like, our era kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But, man, I just found myself rooting for Brendan Fraser yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. And, like, to hear him in interviews, to see him talk. Now, the dude's a professional actor. He could be a monster. Yeah. He could be a monster. Like but Ellen. he just seems like so genuine, so empathetic, so likable, so mm-hmm. humble. Where I'm just like, yeah. And like, I feel like he always ate crap from like critics and stuff. But his, like, uh, I've heard Jack Carr talk about this with his stuff. Um, like, if the fans love it and the critics hate it, who cares? It's right. not for the critics. Sure. And so, like, the Mummy movies were awesome, but also, like, I loved George of the Jungle, and he was in Sino Man, Encino and I Man, loved, like, yeah. Scrubs has a special place in my heart. You know this from living yes. with me, and all the times I would That's just true. have Scrubs on rotation. Good show. He had an, this incredible guest arc in Scrubs. as really? doctor. He was Dr. Cox's best friend and Jordan's brother. Huh. So he, Which he, one was Jordan? Jordan was the mean wife to Dr. Cox can't remember her dr cox is the best yes i love every nickname he gave the interns yes (laughs) yeah what was the thing where he would scratch his nose to tick off the director oh i I never heard yeah no like he would do that move all the time i didn't but he did that because the director said he hated it when he did it yeah so he would purposely do this every single time he would talk he'd wipe his nose just to just to it's, get away with he, what he could get he away with. Regularly comes on fake doctors, real friends. Uh, you know, uh, Zach and uh, uh, sorry, Donald uh, Faison's uh, podcast, Scrubs Rewatch podcast. Wow. He he'll come on. Those are the guy and, I love, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the dude, best he's got so like you can tell the respect they have for him as an actor. He's a really cool dude. Uh, yeah. It's fun hearing him on the, on their podcast. Um. But uh, how did we even Brendan get? It doesn't take much. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he had, had a character he, arc. He, yeah, yeah, he had a a, a small recurring uh, role. Interesting. As Cox's best friend, and it's really it results in, uh, since you haven't seen it, I, even though it's a very old episode of a very old show, I won't ruin it for you. But w- w- ends up resulting in what is like widely heralded as one of the best episodes of the whole series really? is due to that character. Wow. Or a strong tie into that character. But it was just like 
cool to see him come back. Seal of cool to see him get a win. And having not seen the movie, like the clips I've seen, yeah, dude was just acting his butt off. Like just even just the the clips, the trailer, like they're moving. Like he he moves you as this oh, character. Yeah. Um. So that that again, I didn't watch the award shows. I'm not oh. I'm not judging you if you did watch the award shows. Um, I could live without Jimmy Kimmel as a host. I'll watch any award show for anything that has Ricky Gervais host. That any of them, the best. Um, but I know he won, and I I think it's it's yeah deserved and, it and like overdue. Something he deserved because there's certain ones where you're like, okay, you won this because of whatever, all yeah. kinds of reasons. Well, and same thing like. One of the things that was so um, relatable with Ricky Gervais when he hosted the Golden Globes last is him telling them before they even started, don't come up here and go off on your little political dra- diatribe. Nobody cares. Thank your mom and whatever God you believe in yep. and get off the stage because yep. nobody ca- – but it had just become so tedious, so preachy, so, so whatever these award shows. Grandstanding and so grandstanding and just – I almost wished I had watched the Oscars this year just because – Brendan Fraser was such a feel good story. Sure. And then, and I'm a horrible person for not knowing his name and I'm sure I'll get canceled or something, but the dude who played short round. Yes. That won best supporting actor. Like again, like, I didn't see it, but I saw the- just, he was so happy. He was so humble. He's so likable. <laughs> I'm just like, there, there were pe- there are people you really wanted to root for. Yes. Yes. Um, like Sigourney Weaver winning hers. Okay. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, uh, whatever. Yeah, no, but the, so, okay, but there's something about those two. Like, they are, oh, if we're already getting canceled, th- th- there was just an authenticity to both of them that was so, like, okay, I get that there are people who have a different worldview than me, have a different lifestyle than me, whatever. But But when they just say, I just want to be a genuine good performer and let my my acting ability be the thing that brings yeah. me forward in my career. Like I'm all about, and yeah. I think America is like, we'll celebrate that. I, I, I felt, I mean, I was gonna say I felt bad for him. I uh, tough to feel bad for the guy, but that's what sucked so much about the Will Smith incident from last Gosh. year is like his talent being recognized on that level mm-hmm. was so overdue. Yeah. And even in that moment, his acceptance speech was actually moving and heartfelt and impactful, but it just, you know, everything overshadowed by the slap. And then I'm like, should he have done that? Absolutely not. Is he responsible for his actions? Yes. From the outside looking in is, is he like this damaged and traumatized person that seems to be in like this really unhealthy relationship? Like, was this a dude acting out of like, pain and hurt and yeah. being in a miserable place. Yeah. Yeah. What well, am I? Listen, I'm not a psychologist, but I am a thinker. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, hurt people, hurt people. That's true. And bro. But just the fact that he thought he could get away with it. You know, that's the thing that was so disturbing to watch these people celebrate. Like, like, hold on a minute. You just like, we can't get over this. Like you just did something really wrong. Like, but Nobody knew in our 2022, I guess, when that happened, world, can we condemn that? Can we condemn somebody 
walking up on stage in front of the world and, and hurting. I mean, I think it was pretty widely criticized. Yeah. I don't think anybody well, really I'm came down about on the people Wilson. in the audience. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cause, cause then after he does it, then everyone's applauding him and giving him a standing ovation. In the moment, you couldn't tell if it was a, a bit. And again, it sucks that it takes away from like sure. you look at some of the roles he's had. Yeah. Like he went from being this rapper and the Fresh Prince. Yes. Which, hey, it was an entertaining show. It was good for its time. Yeah. But you're not like the it's not obvious this is an Oscar winner. Yes, you're right. And then just you look at some of the roles he's had 100%. since. Yeah. Like, man, can he act? Incredible. He's had some turds. Everybody does. It's funny. Just almost every time somebody makes a movie that has anything to do with Scientology, it's garbage. John Travolta's had some of those. That one Will Smith did with his son was one of those. Really? But when you look at stuff like, he probably should have won for Pursuit of Happiness. I think that was probably the best movie he's ever done. Incredible. Yeah. Um, the scene of him in the bathroom oh with my his gosh. son crying as the guy's trying to get in. Most moving scene. That I I have this concern a little bit with Chris Pratt, where already, like when you see the previews for Guardians 3, yes. talked about this on the podcast already, whatever th- horribly painful moment is happening he's when he's like screaming and losing it. I'm like, yeah. this is a different, you see some of it in terminal list. You see it in that clip. Like this is a different Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no matter how good he acts in this movie, yeah. it's not going to get him the acclaim. It should, because it's, it's a comic book movie. It's a superhero movie. That's true. I'm pre annoyed about it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. Yeah. Th- th- feels like comedy do comedies get oscars if they don't have like a meaningful message at the end well i think there's like best comedy but i don't know that you're typically going to get like a uh, best it. actor or actress or it's always a best drama movie or, or like a political thing or yeah. like a we're just bringing awareness to this issue kind of a thing um yeah has steve carell won anything he's he won, won a oscar? golden globe yeah or two because there's some movies you know what i've never seen what's the one looking for a friend for the end of the world Oh, I, I haven't seen it. I was, I can't remember. I think I haven't was, seen a lot of his dramatic stuff. And it's, I, I apologize, Steve, please still come on the podcast. Amen. Um, yes. But it's just so hard to unsee Michael Scott, which That's isn't true. fair to him. That's true. But to like, which makes Will Smith amazing. Which makes Will Smith amazing, which made Robin Williams amazing. Yes. Um, that you, Tom could, Hanks. Yes. Right. Um, but I just, so to watch him in something, like in the Fox catcher particularly where not only is he not comedy, but he's almost this dark character. I just, it's so hard for me. So I, I, I was somewhere, I think it was in Canada and this youth pastor was just telling me, you need to watch this. And he's like, he's like, it's the best acting, the best moment because all, and I can't remember what he, he wanted to like show it to his youth church and preach it. I'm like, okay, you know, I don't, I, I I've looked for, it, I can't find it and I need to maybe watch it. But, but like, like he's like, it's kind of like the idea of momentum more. Like yeah. I'm about to die. I want to be with somebody that means something to me and, you know, or do something that matters yeah. in a way. So anyway, it's, it's interesting. A, but you look at, it's such a tough thing that when somebody can like, just kind of jump back and forth across that line, they're always, it's always one of the greats, mm-hmm. right? So it's like Jamie Foxx, like how incredible yeah. Yes. You know, set being Electro or whatever from Spider-Man aside, like how incredible. And people forget Jamie Foxx is hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, was it, he, he was on Living, Living Color, Color, right? Yeah. yeah. He, hilarious. Amazing actor. Did, was it 
Him or one of the Wayans that did Homie the Clown? I think it was. Homie, don't play that. I think it was. You forgot this about that 90s. character until this right now 90s. with the sock. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, Jim Carrey's what? another one. Jim, Jim Car- Carrey's dramatic stuff him. is incredible. I, I mean, what was the one? The Truman Show was pretty Truman awesome. Show, Eternal Sunshine of the Have Spotless Mind. Have you seen 23? Mind. No. That was a horror movie with him. Okay. And, and there's... There's like some weird conspiracies about the number 23 and it yeah. like connects to like all these weird it sounds like an Alex Jones thing. No, he's gone. He's nuts. Cuckoo he's, for he's cocoa pops. Absolutely. If insane. I may steal one of your phrases. That's it. Remember Have we ever me? talked about that on the uh, where okay, listen. Talk uh, listeners, you don't know Jason. You'll get to know him as he comes on the podcast more and more. For as long as I've known Jason, now you're a prolific public speaker. You're in front of crowds of people of various True. sizes all the time. Yes. And I, you're, you're pretty good at it. I'm adorable. You're passable. You are passable. I am a solid seven. But you've just collected these little phrases. Oh, yeah. Many of which just fly right over people's heads, which is my <laughs> favorite thing. Um, you know, so I, I'm going to try and remember some of the greatest hits you can fill me in. Like instead of saying word, which you would say tongue in cheek anyways, yeah. you know, we're, we're talking like slang style word. Right. Um, you would say Microsoft word. Microsoft word. That's right. Um, instead of like if you're presenting to some utes. That's true. Instead of asking them to require a hush, you would say hush puppies. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, just word cuckoo for cocoa puffs cuckoo for cocoa is puffs. one of one of yours that, that you slide in regularly. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Where do these come from? I have no idea. You know what? I know exactly where it comes. Because you from. are. I mean, you are an idiot. That is undeniably true. <laughs> yeah, undeniably true. So, um, you know what it comes from? Doing the improv dramas that we did for our youth ministry so you remember this yes. you saw me in those i yeah. did dozens of i mean maybe a lot i mean i don't know how many maybe a couple hundred actually now that i think about it it was pretty it for regular years. for a while yeah and so so here's what would happen back in the day our youth ministry pastor johnny would be speaking on a topic and he would literally walk in imagine the the, the terror of this okay he would he would walk into the meeting room where we were. So it was myself, my sister-in-law, my wife now, Danny Crosby, shout out, Megan McCallion. I miss that kid. Whoa. She was such a cool kid. Um, if Wherever she is now, if she's not going by Megan the McCallion, it's a miss. It's a, a miss. queen. Yeah. Crystal um, Slayton. And we would all be in there. Talk to me. Josh. Josh who? Can't believe I'm blanking. Hang on. It'll come to me. Not all top. No. All the time. Oh, Josh Manna was on. Josh Manna. Yes. Gloriously. All the time. Gosh, I miss that kid. <laughs> God bless him. Anyway, we'll all inside be baseball in there. We'd but... all be in there. And so here's what happens. So service starts at seven o'clock. He would walk in there at five. So I would get the out past, of the pastor would. The pastor would. Yeah. I think I would get out of high school. Yes. That yeah. had to be what it was. I would be out of high school. Or shortly I'd after. Get to the drama room and uh, to the room it was a classroom and we get there at like four four o'clock we'd pray we talk we catch up at five o'clock he walks in with his freshly written sermon which i cannot believe he did that he doesn't do that anymore yeah. and i don't do that anymore prepare a message the day of you might have an outline and an idea but to fine tune it and write it all down like hours before you're about to do it scares me but he is a master class communicator he's one of the best communicators i've 
in ever. the world. I've heard. For real. I've heard. I mean, I want to come back to how you became a such an idiot. That's true. Um, but we have to aside on him. We haven't ever talked about him much on here. Um, but I've probably heard this dude speak. It's got to be in the thousands. Yeah. I, I've heard him speak at least once a week mm-hmm. since 1997. Yeah. With very few breaks. So whatever that works out to, it's definitely hundreds. Yeah. And it, it never gets old. And I'd rather hear him speak, reg- rather that's preaching or teaching, and there's a difference. There is. Um, then, then any, I mean, pick a name and book them. And I'd rather hear him than, than most people. And that's not just because of the personal relationship I have with him. Right. Just one of the best communicators best, best I've, ever heard. I've ever met in my yes. life. Yes. And it's always authentic. And it's always genuine. And he always, he always turns it in a direction that you don't see coming, you know, which is genius. Like, it's just always a surprise. It's always M. Night Shyamalan. To do what he does at the level that he does it, like, you think, oh, there's people who do that. And certainly there's plenty of people out there doing stuff like this. But when you think about somebody, like, you go see a really good comedian. And you yeah. can kind of compare those two things. Yeah. Except for that comedian is doing that material Again that and again set. and honing yeah. it and refining it. For years. And even the stuff that seems off the cuff yeah. is not. Yep. Um, and then same thing, like within the church community, you might have a guest speaker come and man, they're dialed in and they hammer it and it's good. But it's that's not that's likely not the first time they've done that. They've preached thought. that, delivered that yeah. message, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A lot of them will have some that they kind of cycle through while they're touring and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, to, but so to do what he does, he does at the level of those people, but it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's every week and and long form. Yeah, forty minutes. And he doesn't read a lot while he's doing it. He it doesn't. Feels that always blows extemporaneous. My mind. Like, because I'll know he just wrote this whole forty minute talk two days ago, or or even that day, and he'll look at his notes twice. And one thing you'll find. If you're if you're following the same person, you'll hear you'll find themes, right? And again, patterns, whoever yeah. that is, yep. rather that's a, a you know a comedian, a pastor, or whatever, whoever these people, teachers are somebody who's regularly presenting, mm-hmm. right? And so you'll start to hear some repeats, rather that's what they're using as an illustration or a life experience or whatever. As many times as I've heard him speak, I I can only think of like. And he's, we text each other during, while he's speaking all the time about how much we hate him because nobody on the planet uses illustrations more effectively. Yeah. Um, I've only heard him repeat like two, maybe three that I can think of in the whole time. He's got a story about his VW bug catching on fire. Yep. I've heard that one maybe three times. Yeah. But with different applications. Yeah. That's the only specific one I can cite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Wolf. It's yeah, unbelievable. Of course, yeah. He he's a master communicator. Freak of nature. He is a master communicator, and I don't know how he does it. I've asked him, but he's a great communicator. But then I'll say, how, "Oh and my I gosh, guess it's he's, hard. It's hard to." Like, he's the it, biggest dichotomy in the world. He really is. You're like, can you tell me how you did that? And then, of course, he's a great husband, an incredible father. He has five children. Five. Yeah. And they're all incredible kids they just really are like they're good people they they're i think almost all of them are married now and like i I, he's 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 a freak and not only that he's an incredible singer 
songwriter, musician, plays like six instruments. Yeah. He he said, you know, somebody said, you know what sound good on this one album? Harmonica. So he learns the harmonica and plays it. Dude. He's um, a freak. That's the, uh, I mean, uh, of the many things that annoy me about him. Um, he is, now again, if you're outside the church world, you know, hang hang with us here because this is a little specific, but he he's... For my money, one of the one of the best pastors, one of the best preachers you're mm-hmm. gonna find anywhere. Yeah. But if he decided to hang that up, if he decided he didn't want to do that anymore and wanted to be a worship pastor, yeah. a worship leader, he'd be one of the best of those. And he's not even doing it. Yeah. So he used when he was our youth pastor, he'd he'd lead worship all the time. And do that. And then for a while, when our church needed it, he did it for the whole church while we were looking for a new worship pastor. Gosh. And would just blow your mind. Yeah. And isn't doing any of that yeah. anymore. Yeah. Doesn't have to. Yeah. But if he decided he wanted to, he'd be better at it than 99% this of the is, people doing this it. This is more your bag, but like the, the founding fathers. Yes. Every single one of them, they were not, they were not just one trick ponies. Yeah. They were botanists. They were um, physicists. They were scientists. Yeah. They were, I mean, like you, you go, how does he, he taps into that kind of, like giftedness yeah. or just well-rounded. But like I get that there's certain things that people can all do a little bit well, but he does at least the main things that he does, he does them exceptionally well. And those people just astound me. Those people One astound of me. the best, most effective leaders. Yeah. Take him off the, off the platform. Our, Take okay, him off the stage. Look at our district. So he was talking about this the other day. So in our district, we're, we're, we're affiliated with the denomination and, occasionally our, our our state will have a denominational gathering everyone from the same tribe or whatever you want to call it gather in some kind of thing and so it'll be a, a youth pastor from miami and fort lauderdale and fort myers whatever and so they'll all be together and then he'll look around the room and almost everyone there yeah is out of his church it's crazy he, he trained them or he helped them or he launched them and i mean it's 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 definitely a couple dozen that would come from our church and they would go out and be, you know, killing it. And yeah. I'm, it, it's, it's, it is an, it is a, you know, we call it the anointing. It's yeah. a gifting. It's, it's something that God has just blessed him with. And not a lot of people have that. And then to be faithful in one place for what, almost what, how long? 25 years? He got there in 97. So like. 97 or 96, one or the other. Yeah. I mean. It's been a minute. Yeah. A long time. The like, think the average tenure of a youth pastor. He's not the youth pastor anymore. Yeah. Um, is yeah, it's just a few, it's two a few years. years. Two yeah. years, eighteen months. Yeah, and five as five years is a as a yeah, long. You run. are you are a freak of nature if you do yeah. five years, and then to be doing one gig, one place, twenty five years. And how do you do this? So, um, he. I mean, we're just leaving him. I mean, we've said his name some. If you want, you could figure out what church we're talking about if you wanted to. I, I don't know. I I've just never felt like. I don't know why I'm, I'm like, I'm not embarrassed by the church. I love our church, Amen. Uh, you know, whatever. But I, you know, I'm just never like, I don't know if the church wants to be on the podcast. So whatever. Um, so that's why we're not blowing up his name and stuff. Uh, but so he's our senior pastor now. Yeah. Um, has been for about a year now after being our, our youth pastor and, and then kind of pulling double duty as our executive pastor for a while. Dude can, in, uh, maybe outside of it, you, you, this is tough to grasp. Maybe this isn't as mind boggling if you haven't worked in this area. But so he's our senior pastor, so he'll roll in on Sunday, main sanctuary, adults, you know, crazy age range in there, blow the roof off the place, like yeah. just, uh, you know, incredibly just effective, genuine, heartfelt master. He's a master of what he does. But can still, can still 
Wednesday night, he could roll into a high school service yeah. and melt their faces, yeah. like just connect and it makes sense to them and talk to whether, mm-hmm. and yes, yes, Christians, all glory to God. Like he's just, he's operating in, in his calling, right? We understand right. where the credit lies, yes. but there's plenty of people that are called to things that don't operate on this level. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you put a kid's pastor per se in front of an adult audience. It's tough. What? Yeah, that's no just, judgment. It's tough. Yeah, kids is is it? Maybe that's just maybe that's unfair. Maybe that's a whole specific lane yeah, yeah, I mean, kids that really... that that, you, that you're in, and maybe students are are not that age range and attention span. I mean, I am, but yeah. but yeah, it's it is it is astonishing. It is astonishing. So, anyways, beginning. way back in the days when he's still the youth pastor and you're still a youth, Ooh, he would come. He's in, rolling in. He'd hand us a sermon at five o'clock, and we'd have to create a drama off of it from scratch. Comedic comedic yeah so it would be like this is about i don't know i was gonna say something morbid and horrible but like it'd be it'd be any topic and we've got to make this funny for seven minutes yeah on stage and i mean there would be times so service so five o'clock service starts at seven we're on at 7 30 7 40 we i mean there were times where literally at 7 15 we still had no idea what we were going to say yeah and i had it memorized the lines now i'll tell you one thing about me i am the worst at memorizing lines, absolutely the worst you could ever imagine. And I would screw that thing up so many times. So I would just be the funny guy. I would just be the one-liner guy. And I think that's where my comedic one-liners would just spout out like crazy. One of the ones I'm missing, uh, more when I'm seeing you doing a magic show, you you'll de- you definitely refer to yourself as magically delicious. I am definitely magically delicious. Have you stopped using down like a ghetto kid's, p- kid's pants? I use that with I people I feel like you can't can- anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, that's <coughs> just funny. Um, what did I say the other day? I, I, I just I say things that you can't even imagine. Like fast on his feet, like a tap dancing cheetah. You know, just it's just wordplay. <laughs> more red flags than a Chinese New Year's parade. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm so wise. Um, owls ask me for, for advice. So charming snakes follow me home. I'm so smart. All of my teeth are wisdom teeth. It's just dumb, stupid one-liners that I just think are hilarious. And uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. But you ju- there's such throwaways. Like you often throw them out so quick. Yeah. That... You don't. There's not even time for the reaction you're looking and that's, for. That's that's bad performance on my end. I do like when you're moving on, and I can see somebody still trying to process what you've said. Hilarious. Um, yeah. It's also always fun for me watching when people are like seeing or experiencing you for the first time. They so they actually like you, and they're actually entertained. Yeah. I give, a and great I'm just first rolling impression. my eyes. Yeah, I'm just like, Ugh, this yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. I I give a great first impression, but if you yeah. meet me a second time. You're gonna to want to punch me in the mouth. You did. I mean, we've we've talked about the magic some on here, and I I, think, I can't remember if it was the last episode. We kind of got into the, like the history side some, the Houdini and stuff like that. Um, but something not a lot of people, I think, have even magicians have done. Like you were at one point a cruise ship magician. Cruise man. This was as a side gig. Yeah. Just some. Extra- how did? I feel like I should know. I don't even know how that went down. That is a great question. I was I was traveling full time. I'd done my summer camp traveling s- preaching preaching like, yeah, yeah as as a minister and I I did my summer circuit. So basically, I just go to multiple states in the summer and do a week long speaking engagements. And then in the middle of that, I can't remember how, but this guy reaches out to me. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm a professional cruise ship magician, um, and one of my cruise lines 
they need a magician. Can you do it? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I've never done a cruise ship. I've done hundreds of magic shows at that point. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And yeah. Every, every, so the reason I said yes, one, was because free cruise, free food, and money, and magic, no brainer. But aren't, like when you're working the cruise, aren't you like sleeping on a hammock in the engine room? So that was the one thing. So the room... <laughs> The, now, this wasn't like like a Royal Caribbean. This wasn't like, you know, um, I don't think you could pay me to do a carnival. No offense. But like, but it wasn't like one of the top tier. Yeah. Like pro- even Royal Caribbean. I mean, I'm sorry. Carnival probably would have a better room than this. The room was horrible. Imagine, imagine, I, I'm not kidding. I, I can't give the, the dimensions per se, but maybe the room was 10 feet long and four feet wide. Okay, it was it was something absurd, and in that space was a dresser, was a bed, was a TV, was a shower, um, was a closet. I mean, it was like, am I in Manhattan? Is this like a two million dollar apartment? But the, these are this is all interior, right? Interior it's not like, bottom like... of the of the ship. So like at night was horrendously loud, and I'm sitting there with my wife. But you know what I was saying? I'm getting free steak. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to the Bahamas. What's the gig then when you're when the performers are doing that? Like, what are the expectations of you? What, that was what's the required of like, you? I was so I, I didn't do my best on it, but I did it. Um, but the 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 requirements are you do one I, I would do a little kids thing for kids in the day, and it'd be like 30 minutes, just go do a little kids magic show. And then at night, um, basically do a family magic show in the main theater. And um, so this is stage, stage. magic. You're oh, not yeah. doing like parlor or close up. No, and for kids I was doing close up. Yeah. Kind of a little kids room doing that kind of thing. But I all I kept thinking was free cruise, the Bahamas and free steak. That's all I, and and paid. I was like there was no better way. So I remember telling Wilson, uh, my boss, um uh I go, "Hey, can I take another week off?" He goes, "Why?" I go, because I'm going to go be a cruise ship magician. He goes, you're lying. And he goes, he goes, sure. Which no one loves cruises more than him. He is. So. Yeah, my boss. I, he's been on how, I don't know how many. Who knows? Yeah. Um, anyways, and he was like, you are lying to me. I was like, no, dude, I am going on a cruise. And I, I was like, whatever. And I went and I, and he goes, he goes, I'll let you go. But you have to ask him if they'll let me come do like, uh, um, do some piano playing. <laughs> I was like, I'll ask, but I don't think they will. But and he could, you know, he could yeah. just sit there and play yes. any song again. It's uh, annoying. Again. Yeah, just by ear, just yeah. play any uh-huh. song and play insanely effectively. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that. Yeah, it was a great gig. It was awesome. Um, wasn't my best, and here's the reason why: because it was just strictly magic. It was the, no message. No message. You're not doing no anybody meaning, any good. No. Other than just entertaining, and I like entertaining, but if and and it felt cold to me, and so I'm up there doing this thing, but it just it didn't feel yeah. good. I like I'd rather connect it to something meaningful. And let me tell you, nothing, not few things, few things in oh. life are as annoying, as ill received, as some kind of message. Sure. That. Has not been requested. That's true. That's fair. I I'm I'm back out at uh, Kennedy Space Center with my son a couple weeks ago. <laughs> we got our annual passes back, and they go when you go to Kennedy Space Center. There's some different little tours you can do, but there's an included bus tour. 
because they've got a Saturn V out there. It's laying down on its side. It's kind of a big rocket. So it's like oh. not in like the space center proper. It's a separate building. It's out past the vehicle assembly building. So it's like a 10, 15 minute bus ride or whatever. So they turn that into a little tour. So it's like part videos that you're watching on the bus and part like the bus driver telling you things cool. about the property, about whatever, as you're going out there. Uh, kind of cool. That time we, as we were driving out, there was uh, like a recently landed Falcon 9 passing wow. us on the road because wow. they just, they land them on the, they land them out on the ship. They, Bananas. they bring it into, um, you know, Cape Canaveral That's there. That's amazing. And then, you know, they move it out over to, you know, the, um, the space center and then they truck it to their facility and they prep it and they launch it again. So we just, but that's the kind of cool stuff at a very busy, busy, busy spaceport at this point. There's always launches going on and you go out there and you never know what you're going to pass on the road. Houston never does anything anymore. Well, Houston's never done launches. They still like, that's where mission control is. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Mission control's always been Kennedy does the launch and uh, Houston takes it from there. When it's wow. a when it's a NASA mission, obviously that doesn't apply to I SpaceX or Blue that. Origin or or anybody else that's flying now. But yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Now the um, the Space Force unit that's out there, I can't remember the technical term. Forty, like their unit forty five is is involved in it somehow. Like they oversee the range. So like regardless of who's launching, NASA, private, whatever, um, the Space Force unit out there supports that. They're the ones that. Um, do the the weather, and they actually oversee um, like the uh, like the uh, the abort the termination systems. Like if a rocket's going off path, that's who hits the the bye bye button to make it go boom. So it's not you know like if a, a a rocket goes the wrong way and it's headed for Orlando or Tampa, they don't let that keep flying. Like that's yeah. I guess that makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of or peninsula. Yeah. There. I wonder if the equator has anything to do with it. Maybe like as far as where we are on the globe. Well, that's part of why it's advantageous to launch here. Like if you're launching near the equator, like if you're going with the rotation of the earth, you get the, like the earth's giving you a speed boost, right? It's like throwing a baseball from a moving car. Yeah. It's already moving 65 miles an hour before it leaves your hand. So So that's why you want to launch closer to the equator. So even like the European space agency, they don't launch from Europe. They launch from Guyana. And then also it's also our water. It's our, our land. Like where are you going to land that rocket? If it's, fired up from Houston, Mexico, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like, so there's some like there's, I guess the um, Gulf, but you, still the, the, there's, there's launches still, uh, in California, there's launches out of, uh, wallops. I want to say is in Virginia. So there's some other places in the States you can but launch we're from. The bomb. There's one that's out, maybe alpha. There's all these startup rocket companies. Now. So there's one that's like launching out of Anchorage or out of Alaska. Wow. Uh, but most of it's here, especially now, like with, with the, with the cadence of flights, from SpaceX, as we're recording, there was another launch today. They're, they've Gosh. already had 20 launches this year. Bananas. They're on pace to, if they keep the same pace, they'll launch, just SpaceX alone will launch. Even if Star... Who's SpaceX again? Is that Elon? Yeah. So Genius. Even if their new rocket, even if Starship isn't operational this year, they're on pace to launch 92 Falcon 9s this year. Holy cow. Yeah, it's insane. Um, but so we're out there, and we're, we're getting dropped off at the, the Saturn V Center. Mm-hmm. And the bus driver does this whole diatribe about, you know, like you never know what other people are going through. And that's why you should always smile and say hi and be nice. I'm like, I'm not looking for bus driver wisdom right now. That's not why anybody's, no one is here for your hot take. No one. Yeah. 
So that's where I'm like, if if you even just even try to drop some knowledge in your magic yeah. show on the cruise, yeah, that's not people would be throwing fruit. Yeah. At now, you. however, I will say magic is, in my opinion, and I think we've talked about Copperfield before, but like the greatest way to illustrate a thought, in my opinion, as far as a performing arts thing, there's there's so many there's so many applications of of the methods that are inspiring yeah. like i i could see him okay that's a dumb like little talk that he gave but i could say like like isn't this a, like the inspiration of of nasa the inspiration of science the inspiration of just innovation you see what we were able to do we can reach the stars we can yeah. reach the moon like we can do we can do impossible things and if you keep growing you can do impossible things yeah I mean, like that would be good you can not- do you can do it it just can't be well one like do that in the video like do that sure. with your micro voiceover not the bus driver right it's not i'm not looking to them for inspiration dream big and also like it's just (laughs) got a fortune cookie it's got to work well like i think we we, i think probably every time you've come on we end up talking about pendulette because we're both big fans and they're incredible magicians and i think we've probably talked on here before about and so my point being you can get away with it with this like the the magic still has to be front and center so that's true when they when they get when penn and teller guested on the show west wing they did a trick that made flag, it appear, right? yeah, they rolled a flag up inside of a constitution. There's some flash paper. The flag disappears. So fire shoots through this rolled up constitution, and the flag that was inside disappears. And, you know, and Penn unfurls the constitution, like the point being, like, regardless of this action, the constitution, the underlying thing is unharmed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they didn't actually burn a flag, not in, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's it was a social commentary trick. So it's like there's a message there, but they're blowing your mind. The yeah. magic is still in the forefront. The magic is still primary. Yeah. So you know you, what, though? I actually not. You made me think about this. I forgot this. I happened to be on that cruise on the 4th of July, and I did do something like that. Where yeah. I just not a fake flag burning, but not. Well, <laughs> actually, I did. Oh, you know, this was I can't remember what year it was, but where it wasn't like offensive to say you love america yeah, yeah like yeah. like i love my country and um whatever god help us so i i, I was up there and i talked about hope and i go today we're celebrating hope and if you want to know what one of my favorite things about america is that there's hope and that if we keep fighting so what i did was i took oh my gosh i forgot this story this is a crazy thing so i literally I have a, uh, and that's what I love about magic. I mean, even the smallest. So I have a, uh, a piece of paper and it just has the word hope on it. And it's like, and sometimes we feel like hope gets broken. And so I rip up the piece of paper. And so the trick is I restore the broken piece of paper. But when I did it, um, I had, I had a, a Zippo lighter. I lit, I lit it and I had already done the methods and stuff like that to restore it. And in the middle of the restored paper, I had a piece of flash paper. So as soon as I touched it, there'd be this big ball of fire that came out. And then I unfold it, and it's a photo of the American flag. And I go, and that's what hope is. America is, is, is a nation where, yes, things are wrong, but we can fight to make it right. We can fight to make it better. And that's why I love Whatever. It was a God bless America moment. So whatever. So I do the whole thing. And then I look over at my wife, who's on the front row or whatever, and she's kind of like scared. And I'm like, okay, that I just, I, and, and like, and so I, I'll never forget, like, the sound guy afterwards came up to me and goes, dude, you had me crying. <laughs> and I was like, I'm amazing. And so you've I, been magician. You were just magist in your face. So, whatever. So, my wife's like, whatever. And then, so that was after the show. But why my wife was reacting was because a Zippo lighter, 
<laughs> a Zippo lighter doesn't turn off when you, obviously it's, it's like a, it's like a candle, right? Yeah. So I flip it, I do it. I put the lit Zippo lighter in my jacket pocket. And so literally there's smoke coming out of my pocket and I'm in the moment I'm making the sound guy. He was like a Hawaiian guy and he was just hilarious. And I had him crying. The whole audience was clapping me on. And so, and, and just on accident, I brushed the side of my pocket and extinguished the flame. Had I not done that, I would have been. You would have been Michael Jackson. You'd I be addicted to painkillers right now. Yeah. So uh, I don't get that reference. Part of like his, like why he was on like the tranquilizers and the painkillers and stuff that he yeah. took is he was shooting that one Pepsi commercial and his hair caught on fire. No. That's when all like the painkiller use and all that stuff started. Whoa. Yeah. He got addicted because yeah, yeah, he was yeah. recovering. Yeah. Whoa. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Reference. Throwing it back. Anyways. So I, sure enough, I go backstage and the inside of my jacket is done. And so they have a seamstress on the ship and I just hand it to her and she fixed it like that. And I have the jacket still and I still wear it occasionally, but it's just got like the inside. It's got like a singed little thing and you just see the little, little sew up part. But anyways, that's, yeah. So you had to do the kids show. You had to do the adult show. That was, that was daily. Yeah. And so what? The rest of the time you're just so every like other on day. a cruise? Every other day. Yeah. Not every, e So not even every day. Yeah. Yeah. So Chilling any restrictions, like, can you eat like you're a guest? Eat, you can. Like whatever I want. Room service could do the could whole Could you do night. excursions? Um, yes. And I think we did. I think we did. Yeah. It was incredible. Did you have to pay for them? Or you no, just... I didn't. I had to, I did have to pay for them, but, but it was, it was Bahamas. Did you, you rent any scooters or anything? I didn't rent any scooters. I learned my, well, I hadn't learned my lesson yet, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. I rode a scooter <laughs> in Nassau and, uh, yeah. Listen. Cool. Listen, <laughs> listen, scooters aren't for everybody. They are not for me. You, Jason, you, was, that, was that a cruise, right? Cru it was an anniversary cruise, yep. With your wife, you rented a scooter, as one does. Of course. And you 100% wrecked that scooter with I you and your wife literally both on. Got, as soon as my wife got on it, literally the, 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 the oh, scooter. Now, here's the thing. The year before, we were in Mexico, and I rented yeah. a scooter, and we rode all over the coast of Mexico. It was absolutely gorgeous. And so I'm like, hey, I'm in Nassau. I got money in my pocket. I'm burning a hole. I'm going to rent this scooter. And I literally, so they let me, I've told you this story. I don't know if I've done it on the podcast, but they literally let you try it out, right? So you drive, you ride the scooter to the end of like the pier and then you turn around just to feel if it's good. And it felt weird from the second I got on. And again, I am not good at anything other than magic tricks and maybe speaking. So I get on that thing and it's already weird, right? And I almost went off the pier. And, and so as I'm coming back, the guy Lauda told me afterwards that that the the guy who rent we rented a scooter from said he almost ran off that pier, didn't he? She's like, yeah, I think he did. So whatever. So she so we come back to the guy and I'm like, he's is it good? I go, yeah, it's okay. And my wife gets on the back and I literally hit the button one time. Bam! I nail a pole, break my clavicle, my my collarbone. My wife is all beat up. I'm on the floor. I've never broken a bone in my life, and I'm laying on the floor, and and I I I'm like. Why am I on the floor? I, I couldn't believe it. I, I think I blacked out for a second. And and my wife's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And she's like freaking out. Are you okay? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you help us? And so he's like, can you get up? And I go, yeah. And I go. And as soon as I tried to sit up, I heard my bones cracking in my chest. The worst. The worst. And we were buying. It was 2016. We were buying our house. I was overwhelmed. I was stressed. The first house. I was stressed out on the process, and we were like, let's just get on this cruise and forget about the house for a couple of days. 
And that's what I did. Did they treat you on the ship or in so, Nassau? Yeah, so here's the problem. So they said you got two. So whatever. There's an emergency room on the on the on the ship. They did an X-ray. That was expensive. They did an X-ray on Lauda to make sure she didn't break any bones because her foot was hurting, and she still got a scar from it because I'm a great husband, and uh, I got a scar from it. Whatever. Anyway, so they did it and like, yep, you're broken there. And so they they scanned Lauda. She was fine. She just cut up and bruised and bad, right? And and all I gotta say is this: if I would have hurt my wife like really bad. I would have jumped off the ship. I just would have. I would have like, leave me here in Nassau, give her all the money I have. I'll just be a street magician in the Bahamas. So they said, okay, you got two options. You got two options. Number one option is this. You stay on, no, here's the option. First option is this. You go to the emergency room in Nassau. It's going to cost you $1,000 for them to see you. And then after they diagnose you, whatever, give you a, a whatever, a sling, whatever they do. Um, we don't know how much that's going to cost. And then you're going to have to figure out your way home. So you're going to have to fly home, whatever. Or we can give you some painkillers. You stay on the boat for two more days and you go to the emergency room uh, in the States. And so those were our options. But they have, these cruise ships have legit doctors. They have legit they have facilities. Legit. They couldn't just do their so, thing. But they couldn't set my bone. They couldn't do that. It was, it was, it was such a unique blend. And also, fun fact, I didn't know this until... I had this beautiful, delicious experience. I, the, the collarbone is the only bone in the human body that can heal itself. I did not know that. Every other bone, as far as you don't have to set it, it'll just, it'll just meld back together and they don't have to put anything. You, like you wear a sling, a couple weeks, you're good. And so I was like, oh, wow, fun fact. Thanks, Snapple. And, um, and so all of a sudden they're like, yeah, but yours, you're going to need surgery. And yep. So, I, so here's the thing. I'm on the ship. It was horribly bumpy horribly my wife for the first time and she's done dozens of crews never been nauseous never been seasick she's throwing up in the bathroom i'm sitting there and i promise to god hand to god as my witness i promise you as soon as we went into the emergency room we're getting all scanned up and they're scanning louder i'm laying on the on like the stretcher right yeah. and i just go hey honey happy anniversary <laughs> <laughs> and she starts laughing. She's like, you're making me laugh and it hurts and whatever. So it was horrible. And then we get off the boat and then one of our former interns, his name's Richard Solero. He's a, he's a missionary to Spain. He's now youth pastoring in um, Puerto Rico right now. He, he came up like a champ, came, picked me up in Cape Canaveral and drives me to the emergency room. And I mean, nightmare, absolute nightmare. So the moral of the story is, if you got money burning a hole in your pocket, buy a T-shirt, buy a magnet, buy buy a, a, a Coca-Cola beverage, find the local Wawa, get a Jocko Go. Don't ride a ghetto scooter. I just I've always loved this story so much. I think uh, I adore your wife as She's everyone does. Um, she deserves better than you. Hundred percent. Unfortunate that she settled. Hundred um, percent. And the only part of the story I don't like is that she was harmed in yes. any way. Yes. But I rejoice so much in your suffering. That's true. And it's just so tasty <laughs> that of all the ways, there's no, there's no manly way to harm one's wife. That's true. But it there's wasn't even a cool story. There's definitely unmanly ways. I found that. And biggest. a scooter wreck. A scooter yeah. wreck is That's just true. Way, yeah, it, it, it's not even Way cool. down there. It's not even cool. It's not even, it's like, not even like we were rock climbing. Yeah. In Yellowstone. Yeah, we were, and we were painting. We were painting, or we were we were petting zebras and and lions. No, it's no. not even a cool story. So no. I got this. I broke my first bone. Not even a cool story. I wrote it for 
less than eight seconds. Nailed a pole. Yeah. I hate Nassau. Yeah. Anyways, it's I not can't, Nassau's fault. I fault. can't think of a, a better stopping point for the podcast yep. than on this great embarrassment. We've gone over a lot. It's never a dull moment. Well, not with me. Never. That's true. Uh, I, I did. Here, here's a little bit of uh, a little bit of podcast news Tell for the folks as we wrap it up. Uh, is I this got, breaking? Uh, a little bit. I got here a, a little late today. That's uh, true. Because I, I stopped by the house on the way here. Because I, I was hoping. You. I was hoping. Oh, that's right. There would be a package waiting there for me. Um, somewhere, somewhere in the world. Maybe they'll be there when I get home. There's a box of custom solid seven podcast patches they not delivered by a drone where you'll shoot it not delivered by a drone uh they exist they are real they are in the the fairly typical uh for my go ruck fans out there two inch by three inch sour um they're not sour okay um but uh the the velcro back two by three patches nice um I will have them with me out at Sandlot Jacks. Nice. Um, I haven't decided in what way um, I will make those available to people. Um, I won't. I don't think I'll just hand them out. Um, they'll they'll have to be purchased or earned in some way. But if you find me at Sandlot Jacks, I'll have them with me. We'll figure something out. That's cool. Um, Patreon supporters, uh, we'll figure it out. I'll have a patch on the way to you uh, nice. for sure. And uh, then uh, keep an eye on the website. I'll, I'm gonna I'll put them on there for sale. I've got to figure That's out the cool. right method to make them to take the payment. So does the company that you're doing your search through? Do they do patches? No, this is this is separate. separate. So it'll, it'll be okay. a, a different ordering so mechanism for that. So you have to send it that. to them to yeah, sell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you these, can do that. No, no, no. These these oh. uh, once once they're for sale, you order one. It'll have my DNA on it. Nice. Yeah, I'll I'll package well, that. You could back. Amazon it. You could. Yeah, so so crazy, we'll figure it out. But if you're a, if you're a patch kind of person, yeah, uh, and Lord knows I am. Thank you, Go Ruck, for yeah, my cabbage. patch addiction. Yes, that's true. Um, uh, they'll they'll be out there. Yeah, so cool, something man. I've wanted to do for a while, and uh, definitely coming coming back up to. Had so much fun at Go Ruck Sandlot Jacks event last year. I know Amazing. I've told you about it. I always try mm-hmm. and convince you to ruck with me. You never have, um, yeah, I don't which run. is kind of what you expect. Of uh, well, it's not running. It's rucking. It's okay. Thanks for listening, uh, but uh, it's, it's you know it's not the kind of thing you expect of a scooter rider. So That's I'm not, true. I'm not surprised, but excited to to have those patches. In I don't want to walk. Soon. I don't want to <laughs> ruck. I don't want to run. All right, but I will. I That's will fair. cheer you on. So well, dude, this was it was fun as always. Always yeah. a good time. Listeners, love you. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Hey, whatever, however you're listening right now, whatever app you're on. If you haven't already, do do us a favor. Click like, click subscribe, share. Uh, give us five stars. Click sh- oh, share is a good one. Click share. Proselytize. Just couldn't be any easier. You can, I mean, right, right there. You can screenshot just, it. Yeah. Tag um, share and uh, all that stuff is an awesome help. If you haven't already stopped by the website, solid7podcast.com. Solid, it's the number seven, solid7.com. And uh, you can always find links to the latest episodes like this one. You, there's links to that great new merch. We've been talking about right there. You can snag a, a shirt, a hoodie, a, a whatever. Hopefully, patches will be on there soon. Uh, you can become a, a Patreon supporter. You can get a discount code for the merch. You can get yourself a patch. All kinds of fun, cool stuff. You can register to Sandlot Jacks. 
you want to earn your patch the right way? Like a man? Register like for Like a non-scooter riding, crashing man? Register for Sandlot Jacks. Find us, find us out there at the, at the end of April. So just, just all kinds of fun to be had on the website. And uh, with that, I think until next week, we're out. The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today. And you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order, get on the path, and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.